0: welcome back to the creeptastic nerds I am Justin Vaughn joined as always by Jay and Tyler Gibson what up uh, sorry for the long hiatus yeah uh, wasn't planned it was one of those uh, Jay schedule changed my schedule changed Tyler schedule changed had a lot going what? on lately you know between Tyler became a manager at work yeah yeah I got a new job <laughs> Jay just got a new manager
1: yeah <laughs> Dude. that
0: changed all of his hours around. It's kind of fucked all of the, us up. You know up. what's
1: terrible? And since I've become manager, I have now cut myself with razor blades twice. Mm. Never did it when I wasn't one.
0: I did. Look, dude, on my forefinger and my thumb.
1: Well, the worst At part. At the is, same fucking time! You know what the worst part is? Is I nicked my fuck you finger today with the razor blade on one of the corners. I gashed my fucking first finger on the same hand. I'm like, so what? God's telling me now I gotta go fuck myself? My major had to go to the hospital
2: today because she cut herself at work. <laughs> she didn't well, stitches. the
1: funny story about this is after I, cut, I was like cutting like a sticker out of the window like we normally would. I
2: probably should have. Like mm. mine's
0: still scarred there. So is mine. My thumb's not, but my finger is. Yeah, so's
1: mine. It's just slowly fading away. But... I probably
2: should have when I busted my head open, but I didn't go.
1: Uh, the razor blade had flipped and dug into my finger because I thought it didn't flip. And I went to go with, like scrape the sticker again and it dug in. I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I'm bleeding. So I just put a band-aid that we had on there. This is how shitty our band-aids are. When it bled through the adhesive of the bandage and the pad, I dyed a band-aid red in one minute.
2: I, uh... Mm-hmm. My my manager had blood all down your head. <laughs> you know what I
0: did for mine? Because, like, I was quick. As soon as I realized... Like, I just changed the fucking blade on the razor blade. I was cutting a fucking floor tile. And... I was cutting it the wrong way obviously towards myself Well it slipped Went straight through my forefinger Into my thumb and stuck in my thumb I pulled it out Grabbed some paper towel Held it like between the two And then just went like this And held them both together Walked down to the shop Changed the fucking towel For a fresh one Then walked back up into the activities room And was like "Uh, Do we have any band-aids? And she goes well how bad is it? And I showed her and she goes Oh my God! She goes, no, we don't. Well, it happened to be one of the residents there had some band aids in her purse, so she gave me, she brought over a couple band aids and she bandaged me up. Well, I could actually tell like it wasn't sticking because where it's at, obviously it's on my hand, so I move my fingers a lot.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't stick.
0: So it wasn't sticking. So I actually walked down to the shop and I wrapped that bitch in electrical tape <laughs> on both of them. So I was walking around with fucking electrical tape.
1: Fingers. <laughs> well, what kills me is. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm bleeding through a band-aid. I went through two band aids. So I wrapped it in paper towel. I'm like, hey, you guys got this real quick, I'll be right back. And they go, Yeah, why? What happened? I'm like, Cut my finger. No, no big deal. So I literally had it wrapped up. I go to the sale I go to the sales tower where the supervisor. Is I go, Hey, where's the first aid kit up at up here? And they go, What'd you do? I said, razor blade flip and gash my finger. And they go, How bad is it? I said, Well, this is the fourth paper towel I've been through in an hour and They go, Okay, let's go. And they were jokingly about it. They go, All we have is Paw Patrol band-aids." I'm like, I don't give a shit. A band aid's a band-aid well, I put some on. Ironically, that exact same night, the supervisor that walked me in the first day, cabinet was at the country club while my mom was working. And they had a conversation. He goes, oh, yeah, your son came got a band-aid from me today and asked if he had to file an entry report for his finger. And we said no. And she goes, oh, really? Tell me why the first thing she said when she gets in the door is, I heard you needed a band-aid at work today? Son of a bitch!
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we were on the line. My boss was, like, "Get ready to cut right open. She goes, um, I just cut myself... <laughs> Let me take over. So Carol took over. I walked back and said, "How bad is it?" So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see the blood in her hand. She took her glove off and tossed it and it laid it in the sink. So I had to get the glove out of the sink, drain the damn water. Then she dropped a knife in the middle of the sink. I'm like, "God damn it!" So are you gonna plant my work? What? Are you gonna plant my work? I don't know if I bought it. You should.
0: It's thirty hours a week. Not a, not a ton of hours. <clears throat> However, sixteen fifty an hour. Job's fucking cake. I get to teach you how to be maintenance guy, <laughs> so we get to work together, Jay. <laughs> you can paint some walls. I can show you how to fill in some holes. Yeah, I'm sure you can pull out them PTEC units just as well as I can.
2: Oh, what?
0: They're air conditioning units. Oh, okay. uh, so, dude, it's a fucking cake job. And look, man, I've been called in one time in my job, after hours, to go clean up blood. Yeah, I that was actually recently. That. Good old blood. Um, dude had was get, get his dialysis. And he had a pick line in. Well, the pick line started bleeding. Uh-oh. They had a compression bandage on it. And it started squirting everywhere. It was halfway up their kitchen wall. Oh, all over the fridge. All over their kitchen floor. A couple spots on the carpet. Damn. Shit. By the time I left, you could never tell there was blood in there.
1: Unless you took a black Holy light shit. I'm
0: fucking good, dude. Yeah, like, that's, really what, that's what
1: they said about the strip club. They used to be an and muffler, but you know how far that went.
0: Uh, to be fair, uh, I actually put like Resolve with uh, hydrogen peroxide in it, so it would actually bubble all that shit out. Well, they
1: didn't have that back when the strip club was open here and down. <coughs> they also couldn't fix the blood splatter from a girl getting shot off a pole with a double barrel.
0: But, yeah, dude, I, I got it all cleaned up. Wait,
1: did you even know about that? Nope. I found out because Josh that I worked with his dad was actually like friends with somebody that was at that club, and he went to like to his dad, mm. like talk to his dad. And he goes, "Dude, I just watched a hooker get shot off a pole." And he goes, "What do you mean?" He said, "This dude walked in with a loaded double barrel, went straight to that pole, shot her, and walked out the door." Two days later in Iowa, I got shot point blank with a deer rifle. I'm like, We're shit. <laughs> just, like his dad, I guess. Josh told me that uh, his dad seen a dude get shot with a shotgun in a barber shop.
0: What the hell is that? It's an, it's an NES guitar, dude. What? Wait, what? That's cool. It's an NES guitar. That's
1: oh, sick <laughs> as what the fuck.
0: That's cool. That's, like, that's one of the guys that works for Eugene. I still talk to the guys that work for Eugene.
1: <laughs> Do any of them say how shitty it's been since you left?
0: Actually, it's been a lot better for him. He's paying more money now. Uh, because of me. It's because of me.
2: And you caught him out of the bullshit.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't play that bullshit, man. You know that. So. Josh
1: is already home, I think.
0: My mom's house caught on fire. Okay. Just the kitchen. Kitchen's completely destroyed. Everything. Like there's still, you can still see everything in there. Like th- everything looks normal, except for the one window above the sink's gone. Uh a bunch of holes were in the fucking walls because they had to puncture holes in the wall to make sure the fire was out. Uh. <clears throat> And you like none of the appliances look like they were touched. I don't know exactly where it started. But yeah, that's the only room that really got touched. No other rooms in the apartment got touched. <coughs> so me and April was over there, we were going through pictures, which is why I found a picture of you and Julia's babies and you and Josh. And, and, and you're dad. holding a present. <laughs> <coughs> so it's a Christmas picture. But I gotta go back through some more of her, some more of the pictures and I'm gonna keep some more of them.
2: Has Austin been
0: staying there? No, I don't think so. I think he's been staying with his girlfriend not Clayton. He's got a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, damn. It's his cousin, Eldon's cousin. Not they're not related. Just, you know, she's cousins with his cousin. So
2: nobody was there when it caught fire?
0: No. It just caught fire? No. I don't know if they caught fire up there or downstairs. It went up through the
2: wall.
0: Yeah. But that guy's apartment doesn't look like it had been touched at all. No. So I don't fucking know what happened.
2: But, yeah. It could have been a short in the wiring somewhere in the wall. could have been. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Him. But
0: it kind of sucks. I mean. Damn. Yeah, it just is one of those things, man. Like, it could have been a whole lot worse, and it wasn't. I looked at when April called me about it, and I told her, I was like, well, we've all been putting off going through Mom's stuff. I was like, I don't think we can put that off anymore.
2: Yep, think
0: She goes, I think you're probably right. Well, then I stopped by there because I seen Hoss was there and April was there. So I stopped by and I talked to, I was talking to Hoss for a second and I went upstairs to see the damage and then April's going through, you know, totes of my mom's and was going through pictures. So I was like, oh, well, this is pretty pretty cool. You know, I'll... so I started going through pictures with her and she goes, well, these are pictures of you if you want them. Like just from when I was a kid, dude, like when I was itty bitty, realized our grand, none of our parents and grandparents thought anything about us climbing on a fucking riding lawnmower.
2: That's
0: <laughs> if I would have figured out how to start that motherfucker. What
2: do you expect when we grew up in a small hick town, man? I know.
0: <clears throat> but it was one of them things, like,
2: what the fuck is wrong with our family?
1: You were, you're questioning that now?
0: Like, parents now, like, there's mower. Every mower now has safety precautions to where like if the you're not... Rate. Yeah, if you're not heavy enough, you're not going to start the mower. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. But you, I guarantee you, our grandpa disconnected that shit. Had to
2: have.
0: I guarantee he did.
2: Well, back then they probably didn't have that kind of shit.
0: Even if they did, I guarantee our grandpa disconnected that shit. <laughs> I was just climbed all over this fucking mower. They got a picture of me trying to drive it with grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: funny funny. It's like,
0: what the fuck?
1: Now what was funnier is, I was at work talking with the guys, because Van Halen came on. We just really talking about Eddie Van Halen. I'm like, my dad met Van Halen. They go, you're fucking lying. I said, no, he got into a boxing match with them over his wife, and, he, and they go, wait, what? I said, yeah, because my dad refused to step out of a line when he wanted a beer, and Van Halen's wife was behind him. Yeah,
2: when he was in the Navy.
1: Yep, and, he, and they go, it could have been that bad. I said, security literally escorted them backstage, and Van Halen threatened to beat the shit out of my father. And the
2: nobby
0: uh i also did find a picture of dad when he first joined the navy really yeah
1: dude have you seen a picture of like when he graduated from the navy and you
0: the picture your mom has the big one that's actually mine she borrowed it to get a copy made and i never received it back she just put it up in y'all's house
1: what the fuck
0: well april found one with the American flag behind him and oh, my like mom's the, pictures. So I was like, yeah, I'll take that. You mean like the
1: small one that we have?
0: Well, it's a, this is an 8x10, but yeah. Found pictures of Graham all. No balls. I, I, dude, I found so many just pictures. No balls.
2: Is Josh really home already? Yeah.
0: Didn't There's you just out hear I'd didn't say, didn't you just hear him?
2: <laughs> I think he's going be off to like.
0: In. All right, so do y'all want to get into our topic, or just want to keep randomly talking here?
1: Probably oh, yeah, I know. Oh, <sighs> I shit, here. They deserve the updates. That-
0: they do. It's been a minute since we've been on, so
1: uh, I did tell Justin uh, them a funny joke because uh, I have a funko addiction. Thank God we haven't put any of this on Instagram yet. But uh, most cool. of the funko pops in our studio space are mine, other than like four or five of them. Hey, will you connect me to your
0: Wi-Fi? And the, I don't want to like have you say the password out, the, on
1: area, but then I made the joke because <laughs> they came out with the bitty pops. The, like these are like a quarter of an. They're saying like half an inch is how tall these are. So I made the joke that uh, my addiction got smaller.
0: <laughs> Still an addiction.
1: It. Hey, it's better than this.
0: True, it's better than this too.
1: I know from experience. Uh, right. I'm not paying Illinois prices for Alto Pots anymore, by the way. Because no, for two four packs in Illinois, because Ethan needed a pack for his, because I was like, I'm buying mine. You want a pack? He goes, Yeah. For two four packs, the gas station next door was $52 with my rewards card. Yeah. I earned $2 from buying $60 worth of shit.
0: Yeah. Does that really surprise you?
1: No, not really.
0: Hmm. You getting it there, Jack?
2: No, I don't know what the fuck to pay for dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because Josh, Josh did it, that's why it's Gibbs Wi-Fi now, and I don't know...
0: I know. I'm connected to it on the on my laptop.
1: Why don't you just ask Josh? He's home.
0: Oh, uh, uh, don't worry about it. Just here. I'll just run off my data. I got like four gigabytes of data left.
1: I mean, I have a hotspot. Until
0: needed. the 16th. <laughs> Again, I have a hotspot if needed. Uh, I got that much until the 16th. When it's due again. Jesus. Yeah. But I remember what it
1: is. But my least, no. bill is due on the first every month. And you know what sucks is I never get paid before the first or on the first. It's always a day after. I know you got to pay it the,
0: the week prior. Week prior but, but there's
1: times where I don't even get paid till the day before. And at least it's you like. still pay it. I got to do all this shit. Then I forget about it. And I'm at work. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'll just pay it tomorrow. And I forget about it again. Then I pay it like three days a week. I'm like,
0: oh my gosh. As long as you're paying it, they don't, they don't generally shut you off, do they?
1: They haven't even sent me a service notice yet. So, yeah. like, sweet. I did also find out I have an Amazon addiction. A pretty bad one.
0: I can't have an Amazon addiction. I do need some, like, bottle kits, though. Okay. <clears throat> you know, make bottles out of whiskey bottles?
1: Bottles out of whiskey bottles.
0: Or the lamps out of whiskey bottles, I mean. Because, uh, I got a bunch of fucking whiskey bottles. I just... Don't have the money to buy the lamp kits to make the to make the lamb lamps. You mean like those kids? Yes.
1: Which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I get you the four set.
0: Well, here's the deal.
1: Because it's meant for bottles and includes a stopper and three sizes uh-huh. and a clash drill.
0: Uh-huh. I gotta see it. No, I don't I don't want those ones.
1: Why do you want these ones?
0: <clears throat> because of the stopper. I don't want the stopper. There's ones in there that you can just drill a hole through the cap itself, and you just put a fucking nut, a, a bolt on, or a nut on the other end, and it just tightens down to the lid itself. But I also gotta have the diamond drill bits to drill through the bottle.
1: That's what that one
0: is. <coughs> I don't like the stoppers. I think this one comes with the
1: stoppers? I swear to God.
0: Boom, 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 boom,
2: boom. I got this. <laughs> I got a sword. Oh, shit.
0: I don't know. Last time I was. Last time we were doing this, after you guys switched your Wi Fi, you told me the password for this. So I connected my laptop. But what? I also had my US, my US cellular phone, so.
2: I know. I thought the password was still the same, but. Didn't it make
1: torches.
0: Could not connect.
1: What? Oh yeah. Too. Now that's gonna pop up other than roller skates in my Amazon cart. Or not in
0: my Amazon card, just Amazon sort uh
1: No, see I bought my jeans off Amazon because I needed jeans to so make
0: it broke. I've been reading this book. Well, it's not really a book. It's a story. Somebody wrote the story and put it on online. On called uh, An understated dominance. Uh they wrote two different versions of this. One is from the guy's point of view, which is what I'm reading, and the other one's from the female's point of view.
1: Better which, funnier, obviously, I'm not reading. I was going to say, it would have be been funnier if Beth was reading that while you no,
0: were the guy. Beth don't like to read. Uh, I don't either, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm on, like, chapter 72. <laughs> there's 400-something chapters Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's going to take a minute. And there's more that comes out. All the time. It's like once a week they release a bunch more chapters. uh. So, yeah, it's going to take me a while to read it, but it's really fucking good.
1: Yeah, no, see, my addiction with Amazon got pretty bad because I had spent at least... During Amazon days alone, I spent $100. I bought a new Alexa for the living room, which sucks because when I know the one in my bedroom, the one in the living room picks it up. Or when I'm in the hallway trying to tell it to turn on the light because it came with a light. So now my room's blue. How about that? I bought a knife set to replace the knives that I stole from my parents and lost. Because <laughs> they keep complaining about how they're running out of knives, so I bought a brand new knife block What the knife sharpener, so they can't say I stole their fucking uh, knives. So I want on this one.
0: Uh, what else? There I we days?
1: I mean, I bought a sticker for my Xbox, which is on my Xbox. Uh, I bought a phone uh, case yesterday.
0: Where is season two? I need season two. Uh, oh, All really- right. Here, let's get back. Let's get into our topic now. We're like 20 minutes in here. All right, our topic for this week. Finally, our last two topics we were supposed to cover before. Uh, Today is a series of unfortunate events season two, possibly season three, if we get that far.
1: Uh, They're going to do most of the talking. I haven't seen this
0: season yet. All right, so the second season starts obviously where the first season left off. Um, starts with the Austere Academy. It's where they actually go to the Academy Proof Rock Preparatory.
2: Uh, oh, I know what it is now. Oh. Let me i quick. I know what I was missing. And, like, I, I,
0: it's been a minute since I watched this, but I actually remember this. Their mascot for the school is a dead horse
1: the weirdest mascot you could ever
0: have. The weirdest one, dude. But you never see anybody... And they only have two classes. I win. They have math class, which is just measuring a bunch of objects. And English class, class which is listening to the teacher tell stories.
1: I wish I could have had school that easy.
0: That's it. But they give you tests on everything like you measured in math class. And everything you heard in that other class they don't pass their class obviously Count Olaf shows up and he's they, they're super computer they have a super supposed to discover it was, <coughs> if it's Count Olaf or not the fucking principal or vice principal of this school is fucking weird as shit you never meet the principal they don't, they don't because they're orphans they can't stay in uh Dormitories. They have to live in what they call the Orphan Shack.
1: Yeah. Which is fucking terrible.
0: Like, everything the school does to them is fucking child abuse. The library is only open for like one hour. Uh, If you don't attend the mandatory performance by the vice principal because he thinks he's a musician that plays the violin. If you don't attend that, then you have to give him a bag of candy. They meet Carmelita Spatz who comes in later, but they meet her. She calls them cake sniffers. Yeah. Like, every time she has to fetch them, she tells them that they owe her some kind of jewelry. Like, no, that's not how the world works, but apparently it does for her.
2: Yeah, the only friend they actually have at the school is a librarian.
0: No, that ain't true. They meet They meet the triplets. Well, yeah. Two, two of the three triplets. The third, the, their third brother, they think, died in a fire that took their house and their parents. The same thing that happened to the Baudelaire's. That's a quagmire triplets. Yep. But it's just a boy and a girl. And, obviously, Violet has a thing for the boy. Klaus has a thing for the girl. Uh, But one writes couplets and one... What the fuck does the other one do? Maps, I believe. I believe. I'm 100% on that. I can't remember. <laughs> I know each of them do their own thing. Kind of like uh, the Baudelaire's do.
1: The baby that kid. Make anything
0: with his teeth. Yeah, Duncan and Isadora that they are holding two halves of the same spyglass. The newfound friends quickly. Okay. The Baudelaires are introduced to life at Prufrock Preparatory School, an unpleasant and underfunded institution run by an unpleasant vice principal named Nero and terrorized by an equally unpleasant student named Carmelita, Carmelita Spatz. The school's only redeeming qualities are its friendly and high-intelligent librarian, Olivia Caliban, and the surviving quagmire triplets, Duncan and Isadora. During a lunch break, Klaus and Isadora discover that they are are holding two halves of the same spyglass. The newfound friends quickly realize that they must track down a book on secret organizations to find the answers they seek. A book... Jacqueline sent Larry to give to them, but which he carelessly misplaced. Meanwhile, Count Olaf and his troop lurk around the grounds of the school, unable to enter the front doors due to an advanced computer system programmed by Nero to detect Olaf's presence. However, with Carmelita's help, Olaf finally gains entry and locks Larry in the cafeteria's walk-in refrigerator. He then donts his latest disguise the school's new turban-wearing gym teacher named Coach Genghis. That's episode one. Part Ep- two. Episode two, yeah,
1: is able that.
2: to convince Nero to put the Baudelaire under a grueling exercise program, making the siblings run into slabs at night to prevent them from scheming against him while also Causing them to perform poorly in class from a lack of sleep due to their slumping grades, Nero threatens to expel the areas.
0: Huh, huh. I gotta say this real quick. They put them under the guardianship the exercise of program is literally the initials is SOAR. Special Orphan Running Exercises.
2: <laughs> under the guardianship of Coach Genghis, if they fail a they comprehensive exam to be given in front of the entire school, but because they must have exercised under Olaf's program. They know they will likely fail. The Quagmires offer to help, and that night take their place during exercises. However, their identity is discovered while hiding in the library. They find a copy of the book on secret organizations and read up on the purpose of the spyglass before they are caught by the hook-handed man. <coughs> the next day, with Mr. Poe in attendance, the motor readily passed the exam, and though it revealed Olaf's identity, Olaf and his gang then escape. With the quagmires who try to shout the initials VF, VFD from the backseat of Ola's car. Meanwhile, Larry is rescued from the refrigerator with the help of Lemony's brother, Jakuz. Jack. Jack Jakuz? I do know. While Olivia walks off with the book on secret organizations that the quagmires left behind. It's actually Jock. Stick it. Jock. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Jock.
0: It's French, dude. <clears throat> Uh, like I said, the the, pro, the program he makes them do is called SOAR, Special Orphan Running Exercise.
2: <laughs> then they literally have him just running in like a fucking circle. Big
0: ass fucking circle. Yeah. That's it. He doesn't teach anybody gym.
2: Yeah, he's supposed to be a gym teacher, but you don't ever see him teaching gym class.
0: He just makes that's it, the only thing they do is just run. And it's just go to Larry's. Nobody else. Um. Well, I mean, they do escape. I mean, they do get away. Poor Larry, though, man. Yeah, they Everything right they off. every every single, well, everything that they do. So, like every place they go, he shows up, and like, man, he keeps trying to tell them something, and like, man, it just doesn't work.
1: Well,
2: uh, is it, Mr. Poe the, like, state guy that's supposed to place him with the... Yeah. This dude's so damn dumb. Yes, the, he the, really all is. The, everywhere they go, and Olaf, Count Olaf ends up there, they try to tell him it's Count Olaf, and he don't listen. He's like, no, that, that that's, that's not Count Olaf. Yeah,
0: always, dude. He
2: always he, does he, that. He would have listened after the first time, when they proved that it was him the first time he did it.
0: Right. <laughs> or the first season when he proved it was him three fucking times.
2: Yeah. You think you'd listen, but no.
0: Oh, that can't be Kyle Olaf. He doesn't have a tattoo. It's called makeup. He's an actor.
1: Ta-da. <laughs> like, you can't
2: look at his face and tell it's him? Like, most of the disguises, he doesn't really change his face a whole lot.
0: No. It's usually just he covers one eye with an eye patch uh, for one of them. Or uh,
2: adds a beard.
0: Yeah, adds a beard, wears a turban. <laughs> like I, he really doesn't change his look. Wears sunglasses with a mole that he draws on.
2: Yeah, you can't tell it's kind of And he's coughing the whole time.
0: Yeah. I don't think around. you ever I don't know think ever why he ever says why. Either. Yeah.
2: Like he's always constantly coughing.
0: Literally never says why.
2: Every time you see oh. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my last <throat> minute. Minute. I
0: yeah, like I said, it never says why he's coughing, but. He always is. Alright, so he gets th- they get taken from there. I, I, to I forgot to crush that bottle
1: up, so now we gotta crush the bottle. I up.
0: don't know how to say this. The Air er- Elevator? Yeah. Is that. They get taken to, what, the fourth richest woman in the city or whatever? When a citywide manhunt for Count Olaf is underway, Mr. Poe takes the Baudelaire's to the penthouse of Jerome Squalor and his trendy financial advisor wife, Esme. While being introduced to the Squalors, they find Olaf has already arrived, posing as a foreign auctioneer named Gunther. Gunther. The Baudelaire's theorize that Olaf is trying to kill Jerome so that he can marry Esme and become their legal guardian again. They search the penthouse for For the quagmires to no avail, but Klaus becomes suspicious of an extra elevator that only seems to serve the penthouse. Meanwhile, Olivia tries to convince Mr. Poe that Olaf's scheme—or about Olaf's scheme—which leads Jacqueline to contact her brother, who enlists her into their society. Esme it suggests they go out for lunch for, at a fashionable salmon-themed restaurant, Cafe Salmonella. <clears throat> Does not sound good. No. Where Larry works <laughs> to prolong their visit, giving Jock and Olivia time to search the Squalors' building for the Quagmires. When the Baudelaire's manage to sneak away and examine the second elevator... They learn that it is merely an empty shaft. When Olaf convinces Esme to go back to the penthouse, Jacqueline and Larry hold them back by making him sing the song. With a makeshift parachute, the Baudelaire descend the shaft to find the Quagmires locked in a cage at its bottom.
2: <coughs> Shit.
0: Yeah. They literally built a like net. And a cage and has them locked in that.
2: The Borderlers do not have the tools to free the Quagmires, so they ascend the shaft by turning the parachute into. Yeah, they, they made a parachute to go down there. Yeah. They turn it into a hot air balloon. They try to warn Esme of Olaf's scheme, but learn too late that she is in cahoots with him and that they are planning to smuggle the Quagmires out of the city. Esme pushes them down the elevator shaft where they are caught in a net midway down. Sunny helps them to escape safely, and afterward they find a secret passage that leads to ashen ruins of their home at the auction in Veblen Hall. The Baudelaire started a bidding war on a box labeled VFD, which they believe contains... The Quagmires, though they win the item, they find the box contains only dollies. And the aftermath, Olaf and his troop escape with the Quagmires, who are hidden inside a red herring statue. The are a red herring. to help track down Olaf, but he is too far timid to do so and gives up. His guardianship of the Mr. Poe tells the children that a village... Where the initial VFD is going to raise them. All right, you, you want to know what the VFD stands standing for on the box?
0: Standing for very fancy doilies. <laughs> like, a red herring in a story is usually, like, something that throws you off. Uh, so, in this case, the it was literally... A, the box was a red herring, but the kids were literally in a red herring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, the next uh, next up, the vile village. Da <clears throat> They literally go to be raised by a village of people. It takes a village. <clears throat> Mr. Poe <throat> drops the boat owners off at the village <clears throat> of foul devotees. A village overrun by many strict rules where the whole community will care for them collectively if they promise to do the entire village's chores. The Baudelaire's take up residence with Hector, a kindly handyman prone to fainting spells who is secretly building a self-sustaining hot air mobile home. Which is fucking awesome. Right? No, I mean, like, literally, it's fucking awesome. Like, he has a bat, he has his own library on there, but they're yeah. not a lot of libraries. He has his own library of all the books that are banned in the village. He has, what, different things like containing, like, one contains just grape juice. One contains th- something. Yeah. Each thing he adds just contains its own stuff. This
2: thing's, like, massive.
0: And it never has to come down. Like, it can do everything you would think up there. It never has to come down.
1: Again, I want that in real life.
0: Right, where the fuck was I at? <laughs> Talking
1: about a sick-ass house.
0: The Baudelaire soon begin finding clues written by the Quagmires. Olaf, Esme, and the troop also arrive at the village, with Esme disguising herself as the town's new chief of police. Jock and Olivia also arrive and detain Olaf at the local jailhouse. The next day, the villagers learn of Olaf's capture and hold a trial, where Olaf appears in disguise as Detective Dupont. It says Dupin, but it's DuPont. Tricking everyone into believing Jock is Olaf, Jock's sentence is to death. But Olivia convinces Esme to free her, and Jock, in exchange for the location of the sugar bowl, an object that ties with ties to Esme's past, Jock stays behind to confront Olaf. However, the villain is unfazed by Jock's offer of a truce, and he and Esme incapacitate and kill him. The next morning, as the Baudelaire's try to break into the jail to rescue Jock, they are informed that Olaf has been murdered. Of course, he is the villain. He is supposed to kill people.
2: The disguised Olaf and Esme the disguised Olaf and Esme quickly convince Mr. Poe in the town that the is murdered Jock's Jacques, Jacques, Olaf slash Olaf and they are wrongfully condemned to be burned at the stake without trial. While in jail, the children instruct Hector to prepare his hot air balloon to help hot, hot mobile home to help them escape. Violet creates a battering ram to weaken the jail wall using a bench, a loaf of stale bread, and a noose. Claws? Claws. What Klaus? Klaus, yeah, Klaus. Deduces from clues that the Quagmires are hidden inside a crow fountain in the village square. Larry and Jacqueline are right on scene to distract the villagers long enough for their children to escape via a fire truck and follow Hector. The Baudelaire is cover for the Quagmires as they use the truck's ladder to climb aboard the mobile home. As they do so, Olaf, Esme, and the villagers arrive and Esme begins damaging Hector's home with a harpoon gun. Realizing their danger, the Baudelaires tell Hector to escape with the quagmires, and thanks to Quagmires, try to throw their friends their notes, but the secrets of VFD about the secrets of VFD, but Esme shoots them with a harpoon, scattering the pages and harming the crow while the villagers Across the Disguise Zones, over the injured Bird, the layers collect as many of the ruined pages as they can and make their escape.
0: Alright. Now, this whole situation in this village is super fucked up. Yeah. So, they enter a program called It Takes a Village. The idea is the whole village would raise them. Now, what that ideally would mean was they would stay with at least one of the villagers... Obviously, and they do, they stay with Hector, the handyman, but he's the one that's gonna do everybody's chores, so they gotta help him. But nobody knows how to do anything themselves, like what the fuck. And they got dumbass rules, like you can't have any books, so the library has one book and it's about the town's rules that you're not allowed to read.
2: Makes a lot of sense,
0: right? Uh, <clears throat> you can't use any kind of mechanical device. So you can't have any... Like, they can't use the fire truck. <clears throat> what the fuck? Um, you can't drink. So the fire station was... The old fire station was converted into a bar. Now the bar is closed. Which is where you see Olaf when he comes in. He goes straight to that bar. What the fuck? I don't know. Like, all the rules were so fucking dumb.
2: And they have a shit ton of crows. Yeah.
0: And the crows just go to, like... Fo- the crows are really weird. Because, like, in the mornings they are in one part of the town. Uh, in the afternoon they're in another part. And at night they fly to the tree that's right outside of Hector's house. Yeah. Which is how the Baudelaire started getting the notes. Because when they land on the fountain in the morning... The quagmires would like take obviously because it's a fountain that doesn't work, but there's still a little bit of water. They get the note wet and attach it to a crow's leg. Well, when the crow flies back to the tree, the note within that time the note dries and falls off, which is pretty fucking genius. Yeah. You gotta give it to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fucking genius.
2: That is pretty fucking smart.
0: Uh, but like every I mean like every time, like these villagers don't fucking care. Like, they constantly just overlook their own fucking rules just because somebody's telling them that they can that that's not the way it should be it's like what the fuck man and how the fuck did they learn how to drive a fucking fire truck I have no idea great it's an old ass fire truck I'm pretty sure, fire truck. pretty
2: sure Sunny was driving it at one point in time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the
1: baby <babies. laughs> that baby's a genius just no one knows it.
0: Well dude she actually does become kind of badass. Dude that baby
2: really is a genius.
0: Like I'm not gonna lie I don't know what episode it's in but she actually learns how to cook.
1: That's a baby that can
0: make anything with its mouth right? Well she bites everything. That's
1: what I'm saying.
0: Alright next. The Hostile Hospital. Da da da. Now, this one actually does seem kind of right on the nose. I mean, obviously, you know they're going to be in a hospital.
1: Well, yeah, they were just shot at.
0: The Baudelaire's hitch a ride with volunteer singing candy strippers. Oh, stripers, my bad. strippers. <laughs> yeah, That's completely different. As I say,
1: I don't think Netflix would like that one. Heading Roger to the Heimlich
2: strippers. Well, then. Whether
1: they do while the are they throw candy at you. Oh, man. Or they wear the candy clothing so it hey, breaks you know, from the they strip. They're singing, too.
0: Hey. That would be pretty badass, though. I'm not going to lie, dude. If <laughs> they're throwing candy while you, they're stripping.
1: I got you some candy.
0: <laughs> I'd be pretty badass, dude. I'm
1: talking about, like, the candy clothing, too. It would be funnier as a stripper. You just break everything. Like, candy striper clothes. Fucking like, oh, right, man.
2: Singing and just start stripping.
0: The Bodelairs hitch a ride with vol- with volunteers singing candy stripers, heading to the Heimlich Hospital. Yeah, like Heimlich Maneuver. Yeah. I was just
1: saying. Hey, that, that have I you also noticed every
0: again, single but... episode? Both like the name? Both have the same letter. The Hostel the hostel, hostel hospital. H H. The Vile Village. The Austere Academy. <laughs>
1: That's what you called AAA.
0: They learn that there is a library of records that collects and stores... Esoterica? I don't know. It collects everything. After sneaking past the hospital's administrator, Babs, they meet Hal, the man who runs the library. He welcomes their help, but forbids them to read the material in storage. While Hal shows them the ropes, a film reel labeled Snicket arrives and catches the children's attention. Meanwhile, believing the sugar bowl is to be in the hospital, Olaf and his troop infiltrate the building and take over. Desperate for answers, the children are are forced to steal Hal's keys to access the library where they find the film. It contains a debriefing of Jock by VFD Volunteer. With Jock's information, or with Jock informing the interviewer that someone has killed or has survived a fire, which may or may not be the one that killed the Baudelaire's parents. However, before they can watch any further, they are interrupted by Esme, who thinks that they have the sugar bowl. As they try to escape, the library is ruined. Violet is captured by Olaf, while Klaus and Sunny hide in a chute, in possession of the film. What, I never really understood the deal with the <clears throat> fucking sugar bowl. Bowl of sugar. No, they they actually do go over it. Um, I'm trying to, it's later, it's later on. I'm pretty sure it was in the third season where they are actually going over Uh, why Olaf is the way he is? Because they actually do flashback in third season, like of why he is the way he is. And how he used to be a good man. And how his dad was a fireman. Like It it does actually show all this stuff.
2: So you kind of do know. But but, Olaf Olaf and Esme hide hide Violet under a false name. To find her, Klaus disguises himself as a bearded and chubby Dr. Faustus? Faustus? I think it was the second one, Faustus. With Sonny hiding in a sling underneath his coat, they eventually deduce which room Violet is in, but this is a trap laid by Olaf, who forces Klaus to operate a cranectomy on Violet inside an operating theater. Esme promises to call off the scheme if Klaus can give her what he stole from the Library of Records and he does so, only it's not the sugar bowl that she has been searching for. Olaf, however, is interested in the Snicket film and dashes off to watch it to learn its secret. Furious at its revelations, he burns the film, which also starts a fire in the hospital. The Baudelaire successfully evacuate the hospital and realize their only chances to escape safely is in the trunk of Olaf's car. How is left depressed over the loss. Of the library of records. Elsewhere unknown. Person recovers. The sugar bowl from the burning hospital. Dun, dun, dun. They
0: really go through a lot at the hospital. Like they stay in. Uh, the wing that's not finished yet.
2: So like like way up there on like. Just, like metal beams. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, but they really do go through a lot. Like. The same, okay, the volunteers, fucking worthless. Like, none of their shit cures anything, but they're talking about how being happy can cure anything. So they just go in, they sing the same song every single time, and yeah. they hand out red balloons. That's all they do. Yeah. Well,
1: That's not exciting.
0: Yeah. And... I, it's just like that kind of thing. It's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, why do you even bother with the volunteers? <laughs> and they go to every hospital room, including ones that are in quarantine. Yeah. Like, and it's like, how are y'all not sick? Like they're quarantined. What the hell y'all do going in there? Yeah.
1: Because they're happy. All
0: right. The next one carnivorous carnival a flashback to a masked ball at the VFW headquarters shows Lemony trying to warn Beatrice about Olaf in the present Olaf and his troop arrive at the Caligari carnival to speak with its fortune teller Madame Lulu about the fire survivor Lulu who who is really Olivia in disguise tells them to wait for the answer in the morning The Baudelaires overhear this and hope to speak to Lulu as well, assume the identities of circus freaks, with Violet and Klaus as a two-headed person and Sonny as a wolf child. After calling VFW, Olivia is able to... VFD? Oh, (laughs) yes, VFD. (laughs) Thank you, Jay. Olivia is able to tell Olaf the next day that one of the Baudelaire parents did indeed survive the fire. Olaf then presents a freak show that proves disastrous, so he sets off to find a pack of roaming lions to help attract a larger crowd. This gives an an opportunity for the children to sneak into Lulu's tent where they discover films, books, and disguises belonging to the VFD, the secret organization their parents and guardians belong to. They also learn that what VFD stands for, Volunteer Fire Department. Olivia then appears and reveals her true identity to them.
2: Like, what kind of fucking Volunteer Fire Department is this if they're wearing disguises?
1: Disguises and one of them died in a fire. Like... Sat at their own home. You think they'd have protocol for
2: uh, that? That's totally different, though, because that... They might have be been sleeping or something, you know what I'm saying? time to tell you that was too late? But no, like what kind of fire? What kind of fucking volunteer fire are be wearing disguises? Yeah, no shit. Like, What? Okay. And why did a secret organization?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, well, c- then that's the thing too. Is they're not really volunteer fire department, like. They're a secret organization of people that are up against like good and bad people. So, like, I don't really understand what the whole point of the secret organization is. I don't know. Cause like when they when the schism happens, it you know they splits them into the good and bad side. Well, bad side starts trying to burn. Everybody, you know, burn everybody's houses down. They burn that stupid town down with a lumber mill.
2: Like, it doesn't really make sense. It
1: doesn't. <laughs>
2: Olivia explains to the Boulder that Madame Lulu is an alias used by VFD agents to gather information. While Olivia admits she had to lie to Olaf about one of the children's parents surviving the fire, Jax had asserted. That there was a survivor, and they should head to the VFG headquarters in the Mortman Mountains to find him. Meanwhile, Olaf plans to throw one of the freaks into a pit filled with the hungry lions he has corralled while Esme connives to have Ludo killed. The next day, Olaf selects Violet. And Klaus Klaus for the pit when Olivia is told to push the the children to the lions. She instead pushes them to safety but is sent tumbling into the pit by Olaf who recognizes her. As the children try to collect the VFD materials from the tent, Olaf arrives and forces them to burn the tent down. After placing Violet and Klaus in a towed caravan and taking Sonny in his car Wolof has the other freaks cut the towing rope on a steep mountain path at the same time the previous operative as Madame Lulu the one the one who retrieved the sugar bowl arrives at the birding carnival as Lemony Snicket claims that she is someone he knows da, da, da. and that's the end of season two yeah and we're almost at an hour, so... Yeah, we'll have to do season three later. Uh, In
0: almost eight weeks. <laughs> what, what, what's the look on your face, man?
1: I'm just tired. Mr. All right, so... tired
2: the whole time because he didn't watch it like he was supposed to. There, that is season... sorry. No excuses yet. All this time. We had not been here. <laughs> I go home and go to bed
1: after work because I'm fucking <laughs> exhausted working six tins.
2: I get it, we all work, man.
0: So that is season two of a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Um I do highly suggest it.
2: You count all oh, was fucking psycho. We just be killing motherfuckers off the right and don't even care. Yeah, no shit. Like he doesn't even just, like have any emotion about it either, like like there's no sweat off his brow.
0: Or he burns everywhere. Like Yeah, so what I was telling you now that we're do our stuff here, uh Five-star review on our podcast and Spotify. Yes.
2: Please. yes.
0: Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Creeptastic Nerd. Yeah, yeah. Facebook and Instagram at the creeptastic Nerds. The Instagram one might change because I'm going to actually try to start an Instagram for the creeptastic Nerds. Um, that was basically just a page I was connected to mine, but I can't log back into that fucking page for some reason. Um, I don't know why, but it won't let me. I tried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or you Locked can email out. us to at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I was telling you earlier, I really wanted to take you to Pod Meets World live. I think it'd be badass. Fuck yeah, it would've been. That and, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I really want to meet them three.
2: Right. I dude, did I actually started listening to the podcast. Did you?
0: Pod Meets World, Dude. I fucking laugh. every I told you, dude, time. it's good. And I started with episode one, dude. I'm almost caught up. It's good. Like I'm like three episodes away from being completely caught up with it.
2: It's good. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what episode I'm on, but
0: but I laugh every time. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I was listening to it on the way to St. Louis. Was... <laughs> I took my ear pod with me, put it in, and I was I was listening to the podcast. And like, I don't know what's so fu- why
0: it's so funny, but like, Will Friedle is actually really fucking funny.
2: I didn't realize he did so much. Yeah. His voiceover talk. I started listening to this. And then, like, the guy that played his best friend on the show, I did not realize he was the voice of Max. Yeah. From Goofy. Yeah. Jason Marsden. Yeah, I did not realize he, he played mm. the voice of Goofy's son Max. So I was like, what? What the fuck, dude? Until they were talking about it on there, I'm, I'm like, like, well, I did not know he did the voice of
0: Max. It's cool, though, too, because, like, they're friends in real life. They play friends on the show also they're both voice actors yeah but I love how wills ambition is to play a dad a TV dad on a sitcom and like, or to star in a hallmark Christmas movie
2: and like him him writer <laughs> him writer and uh Danielle, Danielle are such close friends like literally Danielle and him live like 15 close minutes together. away yeah uh I, just he, see each other all I think the
0: time. he says like Walking from her house to his house one night it took him seventeen minutes. She
2: she says that Will's voice is in her house so damn much, like she be in the other room and her kid be watching TV and be like, "Is that Will?" And her <clears throat> her kid'll look it up like, "Yeah, that's, that's Will." <laughs> Cause like he he does voices for like Batman. Yeah. Some of the some of the Batman uh, animes. and. Uh, I, no, honestly, I don't know why
0: it didn't dawn on me before that he was the fucking voice for Ron. well In- yeah, yep. Ron,
2: Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. <laughs> unstoppable. I,
0: I, like, I never put it together that he is
2: the voice I didn't of that. either
0: until... Until uh, they were talking about it on the podcast.
2: Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, that is him, isn't it? That is his voice. And but, like, I love his way of talking
0: about how they have merch. It's different merch. every single time. Too
2: much shirt, shirt. And...
0: Like, I like how they try to get Ben to come on the show
2: too. They'll do the show with him. I like how every time they have a guest on there, they take the guest for the idea when it was writers' (laughs) idea. I know it's just become
0: a running gag now. But same with like they make fun of Will from being from Connecticut. About how they the soup cans and how it was always cold and like just everything. And it's like, this is fucking great, dude.
2: Like, when they were actually, like, in Hollywood or whatever, like, him and Ryder literally stayed in, like, the same apartment place. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize it at first. Yeah, dude,
0: like, man, I really like the show. I was like, dude, man, this show's actually
2: pretty awesome. Talk. Will talks about driving his TV dad's truck. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty's truck. Rusty's truck. Uh...
0: And then they actually brought back all three bullies. Well, that's cool. Like at a live show, I actually listened to their live show because they had it on there and it was like, dude, that's awesome. And I didn't realize Ethan was in so much shit because it didn't dawn on me. Like He's in Remember the Titans. It didn't dawn on me. That's who that is. Which one? He played Frankie. He's, oh, a bi- he's a bigger boy. Bigger, yeah. yeah, he's in it quite a bit. Yeah, Didn't dawn on me. Because his characters are so vastly different. Yeah, he's actually
2: in quite a bit.
0: Same when they replaced Harley with just another guy. Really, for one for episode. It was, it was a couple episodes. Well, they only talked about the one. Um, and then they replaced him with Griff. Like, a complete different character. But they kept the Harley character and put it on another guy for one episode.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, then they brought in Griff, and then Griff was there for a while, and then Harley came back. But they, then they actually talk
0: with the guy that played Harley, and they actually find out what happened with him. And to find out, like, his problem was he reached that age where most mental it, you know, disabilities hit you. And he didn't know that that was going to happen. And it's like, holy shit. Then you find out, like, the reason Will doesn't act anymore is because of his anxiety. Yeah. Like, the same reason you can't find him on social media. He's not on social media because of his anxiety. Yep. And it's like, wow. Like, I would have never even thought that. But Ryder Strong looks exactly the same. As he did on the show.
2: <laughs> they, honestly, they, they, all, they all really do. Honestly, they really don't look much different.
0: Yeah, Will's weight just fluctuates a lot. Yeah. Danielle's face, like, her features just stay the same. But Ryder literally looks the exact same as he did on the show. <laughs> just older with a beard. He actually, <laughs> he said he was, he, he I'm the same height as I was on was the show. He was actually
2: in a couple episodes, made an appearance in a couple episodes on Improvement. Mm-hmm. There the one episode he comes to a Halloween party with Brad's girlfriend. So does Danielle? <laughs> no, she never actually appeared on the show. She, she dated him. Jonathan Thomas. She did for a little date little. him. Uh, yeah, it was just really cool, man. They I, even I have I really Lance really Bass like on her. Yeah, and t- talk about how she dated him for a little bit before
0: he finally came out gay. Before he
2: realized he was gay. Ah, uh,
0: yeah, it was it was really cool though. Like, man, it's a really cool show. You got a recommendation, Tyler? What? You got a recommendation uh, for this week?
1: Come on. Come on, you're on the spot. Come on.
2: No, oh, I don't. I'm glad you find listened to it. I told you, man, it's good. I like it. Hey, uh.
1: Actually, wait, I do. If you are able to play the game Gotham Knights, I recommend it. It is a very good game.
0: Hey, did you all see, uh, there's going to be another event in Hannibal?
1: Yeah. In October? Yeah.
0: It's a Halloween event in October? Really? Yeah. Big River Comic Con is putting it on? Huh. Yeah. It's gonna be a horror themed. We I got I, to go to this fucking I thought I thing. Yes. Something about it. Something Sorry, about that was really loud. Yes. We got it. to go to it. What's and Falcon's is obviously coming back again. It'll be in September again. But yeah, dude, Horror Con. Wait,
1: wait, wait! What day in October
0: here? I, I don't know. I don't think they posted date yet. They just—I just know it's gonna be in September again.
1: I was talking about. The,
0: oh, the Horror Con. I don't know. But we gotta go to this, man.
1: Oh well, Paul
0: horror Re- themed. Come man. on, man! It fits right in with us.
1: While, while we're still talking, so you know Paul Rubens died, and so who the guy who played Pee-wee? Oh, yeah, Paul Rubens. Well, the people who owned the dinosaur in Branson painted it like Paul Rubens dressed as Pee-wee. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Seth jeez
2: Jesus, know This is why we watch wrestling. Fucking right.
1: I want this guitar.
2: Yeah, it would be pretty cool.
0: Uh, you know a show I think we should cover, but it would take a long time to cover it. Dinosaurs.
1: Yes. It took a minute, and I remember what it is because that's the show with the baby. That was not the mama. Not the mama. Yes. Not the mama. Wicked
2: fast.
0: But I think that would have to be Wicked Fast like two seasons at a time. Alright, well, what days is it?
2: This says October 7th at 1pm to 9pm.
1: Yeah. I'd Sounds have to go for right. a week at I'd have to go for
2: a week. Celebrity guests, costume contest vendors, kids 10 under free. Sweet, Able to be free. No, I ain't taking any
0: more of that shit. Fuck all that. After what he pulled at Comic Con, fuck all that. He ain't going...
2: Yeah, I guess it's only one day. <clears throat> over seven.
0: I'd be okay with it,
2: dude.
1: I'd have to go after work.
0: And, oh, man, that'd be a week before I get paid, too, so I'd have to save pay from... I mean,
2: I could do it, though.
1: You get paid weekly or bi-weekly?
2: Every other week. I quit that shit off. That day off, so I know.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I'm one of, I will talk to Beth about it. I'm like, hey... Do you want to go to this in October? I know you'd be really close with the baby being baby being born and all, but how would you like to go to this? <laughs> that
2: would be kind of cool. Uh, yes,
0: dude, ain't it's the only horror con in the area. Come on, man, we gotta go to it.
2: I'd
1: have to go get to fit. So,
0: tell him you gotta have that day off.
1: That ain't gonna happen.
0: Tell him you got to.
1: I can't Why? get days off now. Don't, Why? It's far enough in
0: advance. Leaving, t- you're leaving town for a sick relative.
1: It's like two months away. You do know half a shot of Kirk knows dad and them, right? So they're gonna ask dad. Or
0: okay. Mom. So too, you tell them. It's too much to lie now. for you, and tell them that you had to go to you had to leave town to go see your sick sister.
2: I say it's like two. They months wouldn't of- know. It's like two months away. Just like I, I, I need this day off and go downtown for the day.
1: It depends on what day it is. I can try to make it a day off. Yeah, there you go. I can oh, try to Saturday. make it my day off. Okay, Saturday. You said, oh, well, I can't do that. Though. I said Saturday, October 7th. I can't do that. Okay, work half a day. Why? Because I already have a person off on that day. Who has grandkids. Okay. On October 7th? Dude. He has them every weekend. Okay.
0: Just tell him, hey, look, you're going to have to work this this one day on this weekend.
1: Yeah, you don't want to work till
0: noon and then go home. So it wouldn't matter anyways. Just dude, you, I'm sure you just talk to him. I bet you could probably get it off, try.
2: I bet you could do it far enough in advance, man. Yeah.
0: It is two months, dude. You got two months to convince him that you really should have this day off. I'm saying, too much Although advantage. he does have that, he's gotta take days off here soon anyways. Because he gotta go to Will's wedding. In December. I just said soon, I didn't know exactly when Will's, Will's wedding. Oh, Will's getting married.
1: His one request was that I was at his wedding, and I said I'd be there. Whether my job liked it or not.
0: That's when you just call in sick.
1: Or I can use you to work in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to call in sick to myself.
0: (laughs) Don't you have to call into your. uh, I'm sure you got a boss ahead of you. Yeah,
1: Keith.
0: So you just call him, like, oh, I'm so fucking sick right now.
1: Okay. You, the big man, you make the schedule, don't you? Yeah, i going to have to get verified with him if I take time off.
2: <laughs> All right, I'll schedule myself off this day, okay? Thank
0: you. Ow! That's what, like I said, this when you tell them, look, i got to have this one day off. It's for the podcast. I don't know if that would actually really matter to them, so no, it may not be that. Won't. But.
2: That'd just make it worse. i just be like, look, I'd like to have this day off. I'm going out of town for the day. Yes. With my brother. It's the
0: only day that this event is happening, so we can't go another day. It's literally the only day it's happening. Or just tell them, I really got to be off by noon. Because you don't want to go, man, and half everybody's gone already. I mean, come well,
1: on. Well, probably I have to be the one to lock the building.
0: I'm sure they got nobody else that can lock the building down there.
1: I'm the only one with the key. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got somebody hey, else that has a key not, there. I'm the only one with it, yeah. But the detail, I'm with the with key. I'm not going
2: to go to my dad's key
1: ring right now. I don't know. Well, we still got some time, Tyler. I'm just too much away, man. I gotta carefully put this back out without hitting the button. We found it earlier. Fucking uh, key. key on the one side. Well,
0: regardless, me and you can go. Maybe, yeah. We'll take Beth with us. We'll just let her know.
2: Yeah. If she wants to go. Yeah. Being that far pregnant.
0: Yeah. She should be like eight months pregnant. I mean, she may not want to go, but
2: regardless, so she might not want to do all that walking.
0: It won't be much walking, dude. It's probably it in the there. exact same building that it, the other ones in. Let's get real. Well, I
2: know, but still, you still walking around them all bit.
0: Yeah, that is true, and it's usually a pretty big crowd. I don't know though. There may not be for work on. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I've never been to one. This is the first one ever. Yes, yeah, so I've never been to one either. All right, so, yeah, we're an hour and five minutes in here. Uh, Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yes, please. And Spotify. Uh, Reach out to us on Twitter at Creeptastic Nerd. Yes, please. Facebook and Instagram at the Creeptastic Nerds. Or you can email us to Nerd at gmail.com. We'll be back with you guys in the next uh, week.
2: I got to take off my ears.